The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome Colts fans to the Blue Stable podcast, the official Colts podcast of Fan Sided. My name as always is Destin Adams. Join with me as always, the greatest co-host a guy can ask for. We have Michael Tarazis, or as some people like to call him, Michael Teriyaki Sauce. Uh, and we got Rashad McGinnis. Boys, how are you doing? Look, man, uh, Christian Edwards is going to have to, you know, g- give me some props or something for messing that name up. But, hey, man, I'm always uh, good to go. We got a fantastic guest on the show today, man. I'm, I'm hyped. Uh, I'm good, man. Anytime I get to talk X's and O's with, with one of my favorite players that represented the shoe, man, I'm always excited for that opportunity. So let's get into it. Yep, and like, and like Rashad and Michael said, we have a very special guest, former Colts player, played other places, but do we care about those places right now? <laughs> Absolutely <Hell> no. not. <laughs> former Colts player, former horseshoe on the helmet player, Darius yes, Butler, sir. man. Welcome to the show. What's up, fellas? Thanks for having me, man. Been a long time coming. Hey, I say me and Michael got to talk with Bethay um, about like a month or two ago. And the goal ever since then has been to get you on. But, man, you guys are busy. Your podcast is popping off. You got, you guys do a bunch of good work over there. Yeah, man, working, man. Slow, you know, slow motion. Just, uh, you know, figuring out this post-NFL career. It's been fun. Uh, it, it definitely keeps you, keeps you going, especially, you know, with the kids being in the house more and the, the pandemic and everything. Um, so it's been exciting, man. But I'm definitely glad. Got a chance to jump in here with y'all. Hey, we're just going to jump right in. Uh, the first question that I have for you, just want to hear your thoughts on it. We've talked about this on Twitter a little bit. I think you and Rashad have talked about it as well. What are your thoughts on the fact that the slot corner is just left off Pro Bowl rosters and the All-Pro rosters? Yeah, I mean, it, it's wild. It's kind of, you know, just outdated. <laughs> you know, some of these people who are in charge, um, you know, come around, they always show up really, really late to the party. Even just having, you know, 
four or what is it? However many receivers, like it should probably be seven or eight receivers going to the Pro Bowl now with how much, you know, 11 personnel um, is played in the game today. And um, with that being said, the slot slot defender position, I call it slot defender. It's not really a nickel back anymore. It's not really a corner. Depending on the team, some people like the Chiefs, you know, put their safety in there. Um, some people put their number one corner in there like the Rams, Ramsey. And then uh, we got Kenny Moore, who's pretty much, you know, can be our one or two corner. And we put him in the slot. That's where he does, does a lot of his damage. Because like I said, 11 personnel, offense is already always putting out three receivers, uh, running backs who can get out of the backfield and catch tight ends who can line up like receivers. So you got to have an A1 uh, slot defender that can kind of balance some of that off. So it's definitely a position that needs to be um, on any on any ballot, Pro Bowl, All-Pro, shit, Hall of Fame, you know, all of them. It just never made any sense to me because if you look ac- across the entire league, there's not a team that doesn't use uh, a nickel corner, a slot corner, a slot defender, like you just said. Like, that position is just throughout the league. It's being used. So the fact that it's just left off all of these different rosters, it just never made sense to me because um, a bunch of Colts fans always like to get upset when the Pro Bowls get announced and the All-Pros gets announced because we know how valuable Kenny Moore is. Like, that's yeah. not something that we forget about Colts fans-wise, but it just feels like NFL fans don't know enough about Kenny Moore because the slot corner just doesn't get talked about so much. And it just always irritated me every single time because you always see, like, the corners get announced and you're like, well, Kenny Moore is not going to get in over Jalen Ramsey's and and the Stephon Gilmore's of the league. But if, if, we, if Kenny Moore is the best at his position in the NFL and is left of all these rosters, it's just – always just left me confused as hell yeah I mean it leaves a lot of people confused who don't um watch and understand the game um it, it, it's 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 tough it's the, it was frustrating to me because when I played the position um my years in Indy um you know it was it was still relatively I wouldn't say unknown but like people didn't come into the game thinking like oh, okay who's the slot defender who's the corner who's gonna be the corner because oh you know throughout time for so long I would say probably Brady and uh, Walker probably changed the game to the point where you had to have somebody that can go in that slot and hold their own. Before that, it was pretty much, okay, the third corner comes in and he plays inside or he plays outside and you bump in a guy inside. And it wasn't really um, harped on a bunch. But now offenses are putting their best receivers in a slot a lot of the times. Offenses are putting, like I said, uh, tight ends, big body pass catchers, doing RPOs, doing all kinds of things where even if they want to run the ball, they're putting in 11 personnel, so that slot defender got to come in and be able to run the ball. You got to be able to communicate in the run game and be a part of that. Uh, obviously, got to be able to communicate and be a huge part of the pass game. So it's just a lot put on that player's plate. Um, and, and not only the player, but the coaches. You know, I'm starting to see now more coaching staffs actually have a coaching position just for the nickelbacks. And before, when I was playing, I had a, uh, one of my episodes in the podcast, the slot defender series. I had uh, Will Blackman. Um, Gerard Powers on there, and we were talking about it, and we were saying basically when our time, we were playing a position, we were coaching ourselves. You know, I was watching Chris Harris or Darius Webb or um, Gerard Powers or somebody else doing the same thing in other places and just taking little parts of their game um, and trying to put it in mind and kind of then going back in our meet rooms, but hey, coach, I know y'all coaching this, but hey, we need to do it like this now because they're doing some things different. These switch routes that Peyton are running or A-Rod are running. Uh, we got to do things different. Those things we were doing, you know, in the late 2000s, late 90s, ain't working no more. The game is changing. So um, hopefully down the line, it'll continue to change and evolve. 
And um, but right now it's just we just hoping. And uh, to piggyback off what you said, I think outdated is the perfect word for it because they're starting to slowly come along and adjusting to it now. As you see, they're looking for certain body types for that position. Now they want the kind of the smaller guy, quick foot, you know, guys that can change direction really quickly. They're starting to just now adapt to that change because base personnel doesn't really exist anymore. I mean, people are running nickel 60 and 65% of the game at least. So if you're going to be a slot quarterback, you're on the field more than a third linebacker. But yet yeah. for these all pro teams, they're still putting three linebackers and four linebackers. They're confusing outside linebackers with edge guys. It, it's just all mixed up and there's no clarity defi- definitively at that position. I think that's something they need to really work on. Yeah, for sure. I definitely agree with that. Hell, my e- even the outside linebacker position, there needs to be an edge rusher position. That's what it needs to be. TJ Watt, he don't cover, he don't you know cover the sleeves <laughs> or anything. Right. He primarily rushes. But my next question for you, Darius, is how did the man-to-man pod, your podcast with Antoine Bethea, shout out, uh, how did that come to be? Yeah, shout out to AB, man, coach legend. Obviously, a Super Bowl champ, multiple-time Pro Bowler, uh, Walter Payton Man of the Year in Indy. But um, how did it come to be? I don't know, man. AB. So I got the I got to Indy in 2012. Um, you know, Lux rookie year, Chuck Pagano's first year as a coach, and uh, obviously AB had already been there for a while. But we clicked, you know, from the jump. Obviously, we had you know been around for a couple of years. I know who he was. Um, but we clicked. You know, he was the elder statesman in the room. Um, you know, we used to call him the general, you know, he was quiet. He was kind of, you know, you just watched how AB worked and you learned. And um, obviously grew great respect from him, not only for what he was doing off on the field, but off the field. Um, and then uh, we just remained in contact, stayed close friends, uh, you know, and, and then I, I ended my career. I stopped playing in 2017. He played a couple more years, still in contact. And then he started doing it and wasn't really sure if he was going to still be playing. And um, last year we, we were talking about doing it. I was doing some of my thing. I was doing my everything DB thing. And then me and him would always kind of have these conversations, you know, about, you know, either things I posted or just something that was going on in the NFL. And um, I forget exactly how it started, but we were like, man, let's just, let's just do our, let's just start doing our own, our own pot, man. And uh, this was like July, 2020, I believe. And then uh, Pat McAfee, who I'm also real close with, um, you know, was talking with Pat about it. He was like, hell yeah, you should do it, man. I, I know you'll be great at it. You and AB would kill it. Obviously, you got a ton of knowledge. Um, you guys are personable. Um, just start doing it. And uh, we literally started doing it remotely using his studio. Um, shout out to Zito. Shout out to all the boys. Zito was helping us put put things together on, on the back end. And um, and now, you know, we pretty much handled the things, uh, you know, on our own. But it's been cool, man. It's growing. Um, it's definitely been a lot of learning experience. Um, but uh, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. I, I enjoy going live with, you know, having that instant interaction with listeners, with fans, them being able to ask questions that may, they may have always wanted to ask. And then a lot of times what I'm seeing now is people were asking questions and it's like clockwork, like whatever we talk about, like something happens that same week, like literally last couple episodes ago, somebody asked, hey, you know, what happens if one of you guys get hurt? you know, just training or playing basketball or doing this on your own away from silly. How does that work with the team with the NFL? And we basically told them, like, hey, this is how it works. You're kind of on your own. I wish it was like the NBA. You know, they have that for the love of the game clause that Michael Jordan got put in way back in the day, which basically stated for them, they can be play- playing basketball anywhere in the world. And if they get hurt, they're covered. And um, 
we don't have that in the NFL, obviously. But then the Juwan James situation came up. So uh, it's, it's just been a lot of that. But I enjoy it, man. It's, it's been a fun, fun process. And um, I look forward to growing it. Do y'all potentially look forward or plan on making it bigger, like making it to a sports show in Indy or possibly going into analyst fields? Yeah, I mean, so we, we both individually still do our, our our thing in the media fields. You know, I do um, appearances with the various networks. Um, just did some first, first, first of many works with uh, PFF, the pro football focus guys. I, I covered the first round of the draft with them. Um, uh, tomorrow, I'm actually, I'll be on Jim Rome tomorrow uh, at, at 140. If y'all want to, I don't know when this will air, but at 140, I'll be on with them. So we, we're still doing our different things. Um, but, you know, it's, it was important for us to obviously have our own and so that we have our own, you know, narrative. We have our own voice. You know, it's us delivering whatever messages, whatever interviews that we're doing. And we edit it the way we want to edit and things like that. And we've had some conversations with some networks, with some potential partners um, to grow it and make it bigger. But for us, it's more important about getting the reps in, uh, being authentic, being true to ourselves. And then the other things will come when they come. Yeah, so I mean, for me, the coolest part about your guys' podcasts and it growing a little bit, and I, and I told Bethay this back when we, we talked to him on a podcast, but you don't you don't get to see people actually go in and give so much like actual knowledge like on the game mm-hmm. of football anymore in podcasts. It's a lot of like headline grabbers and just the like whatever hot topics are up, like obviously, and they'll just kind of run with the narratives that people want to hear. But I feel like yeah. whenever I've listened to you guys, like I- I've loved listening to you guys break down film um, on DBs and sometimes other positions that you guys have gone into. Um, I-, I just really enjoy being able to learn more about football when I listen to guys like you and Antoine mm-hmm. talking football. And I-, I really appreciate that from even just a fan aspect. I mean, it- it's made me want to make this show better, um, just to be yeah. able to find ways to be able to actually like speak into like what I've what I've seen on football and like as a draft Twitter scout kind of person I mean I've loved just being able to learn a little bit more about the DB position um, from some of your breakdowns and things like that and I think you have a future in coaching I mean I'm just going to go ahead and call that out Um, (laughs) whenever you guys listen to it in a year or two when Darius Butler has a coaching job I'm going to clip this and I'm going to send that out Um, but I just really think that's that when I listen to you guys, you just hear that all that knowledge. Yeah. And that was, that was a part of it. Like I said, before the pod, I started doing um, everything DB and that was just basically breaking down and really, and I, I'm going to start doing that again more often, but that was really kind of going into the woods of the X and O's and kind of almost putting you kind of in the meet room or on the sideline or on the field of what goes on kind of in between the whistles, in between the snap, because no, you don't get that unless you're there, honestly. And the people on TV, the people that cover the game usually aren't DBs and they don't talk, they don't know the coverages and how it was break down. And even me, I, I know most of it, but if you're not in those rooms, you don't know exactly. So um, just try to educate the, the, you know, the normal fan as much as humanly possible. And for some, some audience, some audiences don't want that. Some audience just want, you know, fantasy or betting or quarterbacks or cowboys or teams, you know, they just want certain things, like you said, headline grabbers. But for me, and what we do is more is more niche to the fan who wants to actually, you know, if you my, my goal is if you listen or follow us on any of my platforms, everything to be man to man, 
If you start a year from that point, you should be a completely different football fan. You should watch the game and consume it completely differently. Um, and whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, I know for me, I can't turn it off. So if it's something that I'm watching, if it's baseball and I can listen to a podcast of baseball players and they're actually telling me what's going on, I'm going to consume baseball completely differently, even if I've been watching it my whole life. So that's kind of the goal. Uh, we've been accomplishing that. Um, but when you are niched down, the growth kind of slows at some points. But um, I've, been, I've been enjoying it, man. I, I, as long as I'm enjoying it, I'm cool with it. Coaching, uh, when I was playing, a lot of people told me they, they see me as a coach, you know, going from my coaches, from my teammates. Um, now on the other side, you know, the family and so, many, so much time and things that you've already, that I've already sacrificed playing the game. I can't get to the coaching right now, but I do consult guys. I work with some guys that are currently in the coach's uh, secondary and other teams as well. So um, that fills that gap of coaching guys up and going over plays and self-scouting and all those different things. But uh, I've been enjoying it, man. So I, I appreciate you guys for tapping in and, and following along as well. Darius Butler, the next head coach from a high school alma mater. I like it. I like it. I'm high school. I could, I could be a high school coach. Hey, I'm going to get with my athletic director and say, immediately, get it. <laughs> I think I think when people when people compliment you with the with the coaching compliment, I think that's a testament to your IQ as a player, you know, and even your IQ is when you're breaking down film. And since we was talking about your media career, that's actually funny because your name came up in a conversation I had. I went to some a little backstory on how this uh, conversation originated. I went to mm -hmm. Vegas a couple of weeks ago. With my brother, my nice. older brother, he's the defensive line coach for the Rams, Eric Henderson. So, okay. uh, yeah, so he had his bachelor uh, weekend in Vegas and me, him, uh, Chris Harris from from Washington, DB uh, coach and uh, Demarius Bilbo from Clutch Sports. We okay. was having a conversation and uh, pretty much the topic of the weekend in the midst of having fun, you know, football nerds get together, they still come up. Yeah, so we was talking about, you know that. So we was talking about players, you know, and being set up for success after football, like your post career. Mm -hmm. And we was talking about not a lot of these, enough of these conversations is happening with these players currently and, and ways that we can start, you know, talking to people and, and setting them up for success later on. We're hearing too many stories about players who, who end up broke and not yeah. investing and spending their money wisely. So I wanted to ask you because your, your, your name came up because I, I referred to you when I was talking about where you landed, you know, guys mm -hmm. like you, Pat. Other guys that become coaches, other guys that go into media, or people who just invested wisely, period, and landed yeah. in a good space. So I wanted to ask you, now that I got a chance to talk to you, how important do you think it is for current players to start thinking about life after football right now while they're currently playing? Man, great question, great topic, and I think it's extremely important. And that's why um, even, even though I didn't go into scouting or coaching like I could have, uh, which would have been an easy transition. Uh, I was fortunate enough, number one, uh, very fortunate. A lot of people don't get to play the game, especially my position for nine years. So I had that fortune. And a lot of that fortune came because of how I prepared, because of how I watched film, um, because every everybody's athletic. Everybody's, you know, the cream of the crop, crop when it comes to that. So now it comes down to what's, what's between your ears. You look at somebody like Brady, like Brady's not the most gifted athlete. He's not the most gifted thrower of the ball that we've seen. But – He's a consummate winner because of how he prepares and all the details that he goes through um, night in, night out. But those conversations are extremely important, and not only conversations, but um, the action steps behind them. And that's really 
hundred percent of why I started consulting and why I started like how I was thinking to myself, like, how could I work with God? You're not going to obviously be able to save everybody and everybody going to go through their own things, but how could I, you know, try to stand in that gap for some of the guys, at least my guys that, you know, I saw coming right. to the league and I know I can reach out. And, you know, when you're young, when you in your twenties and you're doing something at the high, at the peak with the best in the world, it's hard to listen to other people. It's hard to think that you can fail. Hearing like 70 plus percent of people three years after the NFL are in, are in financial distress or on this or on that, that means absolutely nothing to a professional athlete. Why does that mean nothing to a professional athlete? Because we know in our whole life, we've been a 1%. Like we're going, you know what I mean? And then when you make it, you're 1% of 1%. So you telling me it's a 25% chance or that I'll be successful. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take that after the game. So a lot of people don't put that work in on the front end. And then you got a lot of professional vultures who are out there who, who, who attack these young men and women um, unknowingly, whether it's in the sports uh, industry and in entertainment industry, any young people, any young person that's coming into a lot of money, Nine times out of 10 going to trick it off. I got a lot of friends uh, on Wall Street, you know, who've been on Wall Street for decades. And they'll all tell you, hey, when I was in my 20s, shit, sometimes even in my 30s, those bonuses, those this, I tricked it off. My first ex-wife, my this, my that. And then as you go along in our in our in the regular lifespan, you get into your mid-30s, that's when you typically start making some real money. That's when you move up in your company. That's when you make partner. You get to sea level and do things like that. But for us, that's 21. That's 22. So it's hard. So, um, you know, just standing in that gap, having those conversations, talking about it. And then, like I said, well, my guys, I'm following up. Hey, what, what are you interested in outside of football? Hey, you got to educate yourself on this. And there's so much. We're in the information age. You can hop on YouTube. You can hop on. You can read some articles. You don't have to read novels, books. Read an article. Read a three-minute read articles. If you're interested in a certain space, you want to invest in it, do that. Set yourself up. The earlier you start to do that, the earlier you get that game. Um, the longer you can reap those benefits, because really um, creating wealth, generational wealth, investing, things like that. The trick to it is really time It's really you just have to let time do its thing. And for athletes, we're so programmed to next play, next step, next practice, next game. And that's really all you see. You don't it's hard for us to plan three years out, five years out, 10 years out. You know what I mean? That's not like, we don't see life that way. So it's hard to be like, hey, I, this is what you got football and it should be your main focus. But we tap into these other things. Um, this is also just as important because you got a lot more life outside of football than you, than you have in it. And, it. and it's definitely tough, but, um, you know, the guys know you, if you're reachable, I'm close enough to the game where they know, okay, he, he barely out of the game. He just doing his different things and he's going through his transition. So uh, that knowledge that he dropped is more relevant than a guy that's, you know, that played in the game in the league in 1999. That's telling you it's, it's a complete different world. So um, it's tough, but I've been enjoying it. Um, the young guys have been receptive. Um, you know, to it. And, and honestly, I hope it's a, it's a space that more former athletes get into to really consult. Cause you go into any other space of business, they spend hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars on consulting every year. Basically, Hey, tell me how I can do better, how I can be better. So um, it's important to have those conversations, man. Uh, and, and we are having them more and more and uh, hopefully we see the uh, results from it. 
And I, I know, and I know you got to head out here soon. So just a little small comment I have about it, but um, I have a buddy who works pretty closely with a team in the NFL um, works a lot with this in the scouting department. Um, and he was talking to me a little bit about when he was trying to develop some of the questions they're asking some of these young kids, especially in this last two draft cycles, it's been a little bit special on how they've been able to yeah. come, like actually have meetings with these guys. Oh, wow. so, yeah. so, so they've had to kind of really get smart about what they're asking them on these zooms and everything. And they said that they've really dove in on asking them like what they're going to do once they become millionaires, because you learn a lot about some of these guys when, I mean, obviously I'm speaking off from what I've heard because the biggest check I've ever received has three zeros on it. Um, so I mean, that's, I'm not like in that mindset, but th- he was just basically saying that you learn a lot about some of these guys when they enter the league and you see where a lot of their motivation goes away. Um, once the money hits, um, you, mm-hmm. you, he, he mentioned that teams have really gotten big on it ever since they've seen some guys get their first big contract, not even the draft that they, they hit the market for the first <laughs> time and they get that, they get the bag um, yeah. actually like they get those huge long-term sure, contracts yeah. and you just see those, a lot of those guys, like the chips off their shoulder, they lose that edge at the next level. And you just kind of see their play take a little bit of a dive. Um, I yeah. wouldn't say that necessarily they'd become trash players by any means, um, but I just feel like a, teams are starting to worry about that a little bit more. So I can't imagine that players aren't trying to think more about what they're going to do with their life post football, um, just because yeah. there's so many routes to go nowadays, too. Yeah, uh, I mean, you definitely see it. And, it, and all these things are, are like, you know, human nature, right? All, all these things are human <laughs> nature. And it's a, it, it's a, it takes a special type of person to, you know, have everything you ever wanted and then still work as hard as you did when you didn't have shit. Yeah. So it's like, that's, 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 that's just tough to do regardless of what it is, because you love, a lot of people love the game of football, but it's probably a bigger amount of like, you know, true, true, like hardcore fans, like their love for the game on a percentage basis will probably be higher than like the love, love for the game for the players. Like you love what you do, but it's a profession. I'm I'm good at something and I do it. Like you go across professions, people are great at things, but like everybody doesn't just love you. Don't think about what you're doing 24-7, especially with these kids now who, you know, they you got phones, you got this, you got my brand, I got that, I got businesses, everything going on, which is a good thing, in my opinion. I don't think players should just be that focused in and that locked in on football when it's the season. When it's time to work, it should be priority number one. It should definitely be A. But the career span is three and a half years. So if you play five, you're lucky. So you're talking about 26 years old, you're done. So if all you put in your bucket is football, 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 and you got another 60-plus years in a family to raise, like, you're going to be in a bad spot. So in these organizations, and I always, you know, I speak, you know, being in the media now, I'm always on the player side still. I feel like I always will be just because that's where I came in at. And these organizations are going to be around forever. (laughs) Like, like the Jones family, they straight. Like, they're going to be good. The Cowboys will be here. The Ursae family, they good. The Colts ain't going nowhere. It'll, they'll continue their, their valuations. They'll be worth 10, 20, 30 billion dollars down the line. Darius Butler, once I'm out of that jersey, out of that locker room, I got to make sure my family is good. I got to make sure my legacy is intact. So I have to leverage when I am in that coach uniform 
my other things, my network, my partnerships, that's going to carry you down the line for the long. And that's what I talk to young players um, more so about now, because it, you you're almost brainwashed to a sense like, hey, man, you got to be a team. You got to be all in. The fans get on you if you do something that's, you know, against selfish or against the organization or it's against that. Like, yeah, I love the coach. This is this is my this is my place of employment. But this family is probably number one, because once I'm gone, um, Wilkins was right in that 20 jersey. Like, like that 20 jersey ASAP, you know, fans are going to cop that. You know, that's just what it is. Um, so that's that's the reality of it. And so don't get me wrong. I, I, I'm not going to tell somebody they should love what they do. Just put in the work. Be good at it. Obviously, respect, respect the game, respect your teammates. Uh, but, you know, priority number one should be your family. Football definitely needs to be important. And when you get that money, you know, some guys get that money, they get that 40, 50 million dollar bag and they're good. They shut it down. Right. And that's giving the opportunity to the next man who can step in there and take the opportunity. So, you know, it's always uh, opportunities going around. Just work for it, man. Uh, that's a, that's the main thing. As long as you're working, as long as you're respecting the game, respecting your teammates. Uh, Pat McAfee would be a perfect example. Like Pat, Pat was uh, obviously a punter, so people wouldn't think like, oh, you know, that's a big part of the team, or maybe they're not real football players or whatever like that. But especially as a defender, I know how important punters are. Like they said, that's the first play of defense. You know what I mean? I would much rather start a, a defensive drive on the, the minus 12 as opposed to the minus 37. Like the odds of that offense scoring are tremendously different. So I know the importance of a punter. Pat had things going on off the field. He had a brand. He was doing national tours, comedy store. But when he came to work, he showed up to work. He worked his ass off. He was good at what he does. And that goes for a number of people in that building. But um, have football should be priority number one, but have your eggs in a row. Have your Don't have all your eggs in that football basket. Make sure you leverage yourself, especially when you had a jersey on uh, for the game of life, you know what I mean, after football. And I feel like fans, you know, should understand that. And I understand that. Hey, look, I'm paying my money to watch you guys perform. I'm, I'm buying jerseys. I'm, you know, I'm, I put in $200 on this fantasy for like, you know what I mean? I understand it's definitely important, but for that player, man, take care of yourself, man. Take care of your family. Take care of your, of your legacy, your corporation, man. And uh, that, that's, that's, that's important. Yeah. Darius. I mean, one of the best things I love about getting, pro athletes or former pro athletes on and even on a show for the Mavericks that I do we've had Derek Harper we just had Shaq Barrett on the show talking Mavs we've had Antoine Bethea I love getting athletes that have been there done that that have been through the system that understand the grind of it all and even we even had Kerry Rhodes on um this is some some of the stuff that we talk about that you don't see on ESPN Fox these kinds of questions I love sending these to the people, to the kids that are in high school that from where I'm mm -hmm. at, because I kind of saw them in middle school and, you know, I'm still connected a little bit. I love seeing, sending these things like, hey, man, this is how it should go. This is how you should start thinking in high school. This is how, and, it, and it's helped them edify their lives, man. The truth that you guys speak and man, it's, it's all because of you. So I've told all the pro athletes on the Mav show, but I'm going to tell you, man, just thank you for your hard work, everything you did for the shoe, man, and just continue to, uplift and you know whether you're working around youth or us man we appreciate you and thank you for coming on i appreciate y'all man definitely appreciate the show man that, that that community that fan base was uh you know incredible for me um so definitely appreciate it love playing the lucas oil 
Um, always loved the environment. Um, you know, the way I, I was kind of old school. So I played the game, what I felt was, you know, the right way to play the game. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it, man. So I definitely appreciate every fan out there, every coach fan. I know y'all don't care about the other fans and the other organizations that I played for. So shout out to the shoe, man. I mean, shout out to Carolina and New England. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. We don't give shout-outs to hey, New England, Rashad. Are you a rookie on this? What's this? Shout-out to New England. Hey, man. Look, New England had a rough enough season last year, man. We can shout them out. Not bad. Hey, they, they won't be down long. No. Man. Hey, if y'all, if y'all was listening to the pod, too, I don't know if y'all was listening to the pod last season, y'all would have known it's October – November that Carson was gonna be our quarterback this year. I heard, I heard. You know what I mean? I was telling y'all like, hey, look, he's getting benched. They're going with Hurts. The only place I can see him landing on his feet and being that guy, anything close to that guy again, is back in Indy. And you know, here we are. We just signed a left tackle, so we shored up that part of the offense. I'm excited, man. I'm excited about this year. I don't know about y'all. Oh, for sure, absolutely. I think it's looking good, man. Uh, we have no – Carson don't have any excuse, man, to get it done. I mean, he got everything that he could ask for as far as a, a solid offensive line, a top five offensive line probably, arguably a top three run game. And he yeah. has some solid weapons receiving and, and, and in the tight end room. I know they're still mm-hmm. looking at Zach Ertz. That's a possibility. I don't know, you know, if, if they would be particularly That'll interested be in that. But yeah, that would be a great safety blanket for Carson too. At the end of the day, that's the, that's his most prolific weapon he has ever had since he's been in the NFL. Yeah, so I, I definitely could see that working out. But be nasty. the defense looking good too, man. Yeah, we got our we got our pieces. We shored up, got some more young pieces on that front, uh, which is the most important part of the defense. And then uh, we, we got I don't know how we got Xavier Rose back on that deal. Um, we still got Kenny for a couple years. Kenny need to be read up soon, in my opinion. I know he locked in, but he done oh, yeah. earned it. Um, Willis coming along. Blackman had a outstanding rookie year. I didn't expect that out of him that early. Uh, I don't know if I expected him to play how he played, period, honestly. Right. He played tremendous, um, especially as a rookie, how he played the game, how he felt the game. So uh, definitely got uh, T.J. Carey back, who's also an important piece. He's probably slept on, not talked about enough. And Rock, man. I'm gonna get rock. We rock gonna get right this year, man. I'm gonna be locked in with rock. Hey, clip this. We saving this. Hey, me and rock, me and rock gonna be tapped in. Rock, rock gonna be balling this year, man. He, you know, super talented young kid. Yes. Um, and you know another part about another part about the game, and this is not specific to uh, rock, but just athletes in general. Another big thing that we have to deal with and learn is getting to the NFL and learning how to work through struggles, you know, learning how to work through failure because everybody has failures in any job, in any life, in any whatever, people going to fail. Only thing that is different when you pro sports, especially NFL, everybody going to talk about it, blog, podcast, whatever, you're going to hear it. And for those type athletes, shit, high school, college, I can't I can't think of two bad games I had back to back. It's hard to think of two bad plays you had back to back, let alone two bad games. So you get into the league and now you're playing against, you know, the best of the best every week. You're going to have slumps. You're going to have downs. And it's all about going back to the drawing board, figuring out how do you get better from it, especially if you're young. You've got the talent. So now it's just about figuring it out between the ears. So 
Brock gonna have a year this year. You heard it here first. I haven't even said that on my pod yet. So y'all heard it here first. Rock Breaking news. You say you say you can't remember two bad games in college. You did have the guard Kelvin Johnson one time, right? <laughs> that wasn't a bad game. I know, bad I know, play. I know. Hey. I know. First game, so first, so first play of the game, and this is directly to my point. First play of the game, I'm out on Calvin. It's one thing watching somebody on film. It's a completely different thing seeing this mute in the real light. He lined up. He got his visor on. It's a mirror tent. We not even supposed to be able to wear mirrors. His arms touching his damn ankles. I'm like, yo. That's he catch a curl right on me, go 50, score a touchdown. But, you know, when you out there, that's that's part of it. So, locked in. I knew I was going to be matched up with him all game. And um, I don't think he, he probably had one more catch on me for the rest of the game. I had a couple breakups. Uh, I think they ended up winning the game. But uh, if you look up, I think it was Taylor Bennett was the quarterback. You look up his stats, he struggled that game mightily. Yeah, but, he uh, was. But yeah, was. but yeah, I that, that, that was, yeah, that was, uh, yeah, I, I, I'll never forget that one. Yeah, my brother was at Tech. Uh, my brother went to Georgia Tech, so that's why I, I knew Kelly okay, okay. Yeah, so yeah. that's why. I, I seen that game personally, and they was talking. They was talking you up before the game, man. You you did yeah. your thing, definitely. Yeah, I was a young boy. I was young boy. I think I was a red shirt sophomore. That red shirt freshman, maybe. Yeah, you was. You was a freshman. Yeah, red shirt freshman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Calvin was a true sophomore. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, man, part of it. He was a true sophomore that looked like he was already like thirty five. Yeah, he already looked like an all pro receiver. That, that look, was, look like he did when he's gonna accept his Hall of Fame bust. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Same Kelvin, dude. <laughs> Kelvin made some ridiculous catches, man. Following Georgia Tech, bro, I used to see that dude. I seen him his freshman year. That was my brother's senior year, right before he went to the Bengals. Kelvin, mm-hmm. Reggie Ball was the quarterback at the What's time. your brother's name? Eric Henderson. Eric, oh, yeah, you, you D-line. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, and, man, Calvin made, uh, like, he was going across the middle on, like, a dig, and Reggie Ball threw the ball North, at least North, three North yards Carolina State? Is that NC State? The game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That game. Oh yeah, that, that's yeah. the greatest. That was the greatest in catch, in game catch I've ever seen. Me too. Me even too. even probably over the Odell one. Yeah, I seen that one in person. Too. Yeah, but that Calvin one, that was when I saw that out because he was fully extended, like freshman, though. Like, like fully horizontal to the ground. Yeah, that was true freshman. That was crazy. Man. That, that was, was ridiculous. Crazy. I appreciate y'all though, man. Hey, we, we, hey, we appreciate you coming on, man. I mean, you're, I want you to know you're welcome whenever you want to come on, man. I mean, we're just here to talk Colts. I mean, you're welcome to come on. Bethay's welcome to come on. Hey, if, you, if Pat McAfee's listening, your boy Darius <laughs> Butler came on, and you want to come on and talk Colts football with a few Colts come fans that think, that think they know their stuff. <laughs> but, hey, if for some reason you're listening to this episode and you don't, follow Darius Butler on Twitter. First of all, you're doing it, Ron. Listen to these Absolutely. listening to us schmucks and not even following Darius fan. Butler. Like what are you doing? But make sure you follow Darius Butler on Twitter at Darius J Butler. Uh, make yes, sure you're sir. tuning in and li- and also following the man to man pod at the man to man pod on Twitter. Make sure you're checking out all their work. But hey, again, we appreciate you coming on, man. Um the invite appreciate is always friends. there. Um, if you ever feel the need to come talk about the Colts, you you know where to do it. It's the Blue Stable. Yes, sir. Appreciate y'all, man. Thank you, DB. Thank you, Darius. All right. Out of here. Man, I mean, 
it's still wild to me that sometimes we get to talk to these former Colts players that Dude, we like, Darius what? Butler was just on my screen. Bro, yeah, for I, real. Um, Isn't that wild? I, I feel like you feel like euphoria. Like, I feel like I'm high right now. Man, like, I, I say, used to watch him on this phone right here. Yeah. Like, I used to watch his interviews and everything, and now yeah. we're interviewing. Hey, I was I was watching the man-to-man pod live today at 11 a.m. Like, That's shit, crazy. Bro, like, on, the, on my TV watching that crap. But, but yeah, hey. Special thanks again to Darius Butler, guys. Like we're so thankful um, to have anybody come on and just talk Colts football, and for us to just get smarter. I just feel like when you talk to Darius Butler, you're learning more about football. You're just learning so much. Like I just feel like I'm a more intelligent football mind now. Like I'm jazzed up about this. But we have a few more things to talk about that we want to get through before we head out and send you guys on your way. Um, but real quick before we do it's probably the best time for it to be the one call technology topic of the day one call technology is a managed telecom service provider whose senior staff has a hundred plus years of experience in virtually every aspect of business communications business phone system installation and services managed telecom service providers telecom carrier management and high-speed internet Head on over to One Call's website at www.onecalltech.com or give them a call at 888-585-8850 and tell them the Blue Stable sent you. But guys, it was a long wait. We watched seven rounds of a draft go by and not drafting a tackle. People were starting to run through the streets of Indy screaming that Sam Tevy was going to start at left tackle for the entire season for the Colts. But today we finally got our answer. And the Colts sign Eric Fisher, offensive tackle from the Chiefs. How are you guys feeling? Uh, man, I honestly don't know, man. Obviously, I'm excited because you got a quality left tackle. But when is he going to be ready? I know we probably all remember um, the Chiefs GM coming out and talking about how he could be ready by August. But ready for what? Ready to practice, ready to actually play. Uh, I, I spoke about this on the last show with Rashad and I mean, how healthy is he going to be when he steps on the field? Because you're literally just backing up into that Achilles. That Achilles is taking on a lot of weight when you collide with a defensive lineman or a blitzing linebacker, blitzing corner safety, whatever the case may be. Uh, I, I'm excited to have it, but everybody's acting like they're ignoring the Achilles injury. Like they're like, he's ready to play immediately in training camp. Like, no, it's still, it's a big name. Obviously it's not many, many times where we get big names in free agency. Uh, but I like the move, obviously one year deal, 9 million, no risk. He's off the books after a year. If things just go bad, Hey, no risk. Uh, so I like the move overall. I'm excited, man. I'm I'm truly excited because I think that gives this offense a chance to be really dynamic. You know, Frank Wright has to change a lot of this playbook when, do not, when he doesn't have a competent left tackle. You know, he has to go to more quick, quick rhythm, quick hitter stuff. He has to get hold somebody in to chip to help chip. And that's one less receiver we have out on the route, you know, when we have a left tackle that can't protect our quarterback's blind side. So I think Eric Fisher if healthy can actually be an upgrade over what we had in Costanzo. I like Fisher in a run game. He's, he's athletic, uses his hands really well. He's a prototypical left tackle. Like that's the guy, but it all depends on that injury. Um, the medicine and the technology is what I do trust 
they are being able to get people back from Achilles injuries a lot faster than what they used to be in the past. Those used to be considered career killers, but now people we have seen people recover and recover successfully from those type of injuries. So I'm confident that Eric Fisher will be able to do the same. Hopefully it's, it's more on the shorter side than the longer side. I've seen anywhere from August to December. I, I think it'll be somewhere in the middle. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming he's going to miss at least the first month of football, the month of September, but I think he should be back and hopefully will be back to begin the middle of October and, and ready to rock and roll, man. Yeah. So I'm not going to lie. I was, I was team Leno, Leno over Fisher personally, because I, I, I was just, I had some goggles on where basically I was just looking at this year. Um, I will say that if I had to pick between Fisher and Leno going forward, like on a three-year window almost, I'd pick Fisher. I mean, Fisher was drafted number one overall for a reason. I mean, the dude is talented. Um, like he just has – he's just – like you said, he's a prototype type left tackle. And honestly, I mean, we don't need an all-pro left tackle there. I mean, we have three of probably the best 20 offensive linemen in football, um, in my opinion – where you can put Big Q, Ryan Kelly, and Braden Smith up there. Um, and Glowinski's better than some people give him credit for, um, but he's still the fourth best of those guys. Um, so mm-hmm. I think just being able to slide him in there, win healthy, um, I definitely don't want to rush him back. Um, I'm hoping the window for it is week three to five-ish um, on when we'll see him in action in Indy next year. Um, but, hey, if this works out, this could be a multi-year fix. I don't think it has to be a one-year fix. But with the injury, um, they're not going to want to put too many guarantees on this. Um, the stipulations on the contract haven't even come come out yet for us to know exactly what his base salary is. Because um, I, I, I would bet that there's, there's a good amount of stipulations for him to get all the way up to that $9 million. Oh, absolutely. I mean – that that's that's remember going back to free agency guy that's destin's favorite thing uh incentives and can he how much work. how much playing time do you get do you start a playoff game make the pro bowl all that good stuff he, he has a great point i i remember dating back to when free agency started uh schwartz and Fisher got released. I said it changed the conversation and we were all sold on going draft pick it, it made too much sense and then you know draft we didn't draft one. I mean, Will Fries is going to be a guard, in my opinion. His tape shows that he can be a guard. Uh, so the the move makes sense, obviously. KC Connection, he was on board when uh, Fisher got there. So, yeah, I, I like the move. I mean, when you look at the roster on paper, man, it looks – I mean, hell. I mean, it's one of the best offenses, in my opinion. On paper, it's, it's, it's one of the best, but – so many questions, so many questions. I mean, I think when you look at the the surface of just the NFL in general, I believe this Colts team has the most potential outside of the already of who we know that are contenders, Buffalo, KC, Tampa, you know, all, all those solid teams. I think Indianapolis has the highest ceiling uh, in that other tier of, of the teams outside of those contenders. But also, I mean, I mean, the questions, how productive is the edge rush going to be? Or is the cornerback room going to be stable again? What Carson Wentz are we going to get? What's going to happen at left tackle? I mean, there's so many questions. Um, I don't mind it. Ballard's done what he's needed to do. 
He's brought in offensive line depth. He's brought in offensive linemen. He's addressed the defensive line position. Lots of battles going on there. We will get into that uh, at later shows in, in the future. But I love I love the makeup of this team. There's toughness. I tweeted out earlier today, there's just one more move to make, and that's Zach Ertz. I, I just love the connection. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not sure how, how you guys feel about the team going forward or possibly in a, another addition, but – I'm I'm really high uh, right now. Not I'm not gonna put this team in the Super Bowl. I don't even know if I can put this team at winning the division yet because there's so many questions. I mean, it's May, so I yeah. mean, like it's it's tough to, to do that ever. I, I always like to like when you're going into training camp. Um, I, I like to make a list of about eight to ten teams that I think are actually. I would not be shocked if if a team within this eight to ten were playing in the Super Bowl. Like that's what I like to do because I think the coolest thing about the NFL, when you look at most professional sports, I don't think you could name eight to 10 teams entering the NBA year that you think have a legit chance to go into the finals. And I think the NFL is a special place where you have that. Um, because I, I truly think when, when we, when it all comes down to it, I may have like a 12 teams. Like the NFL is just very competitive right now. And I love that. Um, so, but uh, one more thing about Eric Fisher before we move on, um, you almost have to think that the Colts, for whatever reason, whether it's their medical team, have found found out something about the Achilles injury. They have some confidence with these Achilles injuries, man. Like they, like this can't all be a coincidence that they have three guys on the roster currently rehabbing these Achilles injuries. Like they have to have some sort of confidence, some sort of positivity coming from their medical team that they believe they can get through this rehab and me and Michael had the um, pleasure of being on an interview with um, director of player personnel for the Colts Kevin Rogers and I mean he was even talking about how that the Achilles rehab is something that is getting better and better and it just feels like guys are getting back to being the same caliber player and I was shocked to hear that like I don't know about you but when I heard him science and technology when i heard him say that because like when i hear achilles injuries and i see achilles injuries i I always like to stay away from it because like it's not an acl like an acl for me that used to be like it felt like everyone thought your career was over if you tore your acl peterson yep but then everyone is recovering from acl injuries now and they're recovering from them much faster than they used to be so hey maybe the achilles is what's uh hot right now in the medical world but the colts are putting a lot of eggs in this Achilles rehab process. And remember the medical staff in Indy did not have the greatest reputation for like five years or so. Remember that they didn't have the greatest reputation. And obviously everything went to hell when Andrew uh, retired and there was, they were getting a lot of heat. I even called for everyone's job on the medical staff. I remember that like the show after he announced his retirement as high emotion as you as as much emotion that you react with, Michael, I believe that wholeheartedly. Absolutely, because you can't make this stuff up, man. What is it? It's an ankle. Oh no, it's a calf. Oh no, what is it? Like what? What is going on here? Oh, I, I called for everyone's job, but last year they redeemed themselves. So far this year, Achilles, you know, Dio, Marlin, um, Fisher, obviously. But hey, once again. Uh, I hope all these guys return first off. And, hey, I mean, I I just feel 
if the if these guys hit their stride, the questions that are at week one are now solved by week 17. It could mean one of two things. We're very, very good, or we're just good. Mm. That's that that's my opinion on it. Speaking of predictions, Dustin. So yeah, one last topic before we hedge, hedge, send you guys out um, to the rest of your day. Um, the schedule is going to be released. We know who we're playing. We don't know when. We don't know which weeks. We don't know what time we're playing those games yet. But we know who we're playing. So real quick, it just always feels like the Colts only have one primetime game. It's the Thursday night game. It's usually on the road. But we're going to play a little predicting here. I want each of us, we're going to start with Michael, then we'll go to Rashad, and then I'll end it. I want to hear, first, I want to hear how many primetime games you think we get. I want to know who your best guess of who they would be against are, and I want to know how many of them you think will be at Lucas Oil. I am a season ticket holder. This matters to me. So, Michael, you go first. <laughs> All right. Uh I believe me and Rashad literally had this conversation the last show, and honestly, I can't even remember who I picked. So I'm probably going to be picking someone else this time. Uh, look, as hot of a name as he was, I have, I have to think Carson Wentz is going to draw a primetime game. I just have to. I mean, he has been, I guess you could say, the hottest quarterback name this offseason outside of Aaron Rodgers in terms of moving, being traded, so forth and so on. I got to think that that accounts for something. The way the makeup of this team looks, looking at other teams and quarterback matchups, I'm going to stick with one I remember I said, and I'm going to go with New England. We play them at home. Uh, I'm going to go with New England. I think New England coming back, all the nice weapons and everything, bringing back that New England and Indy rivalry, I think on primetime, whether that be Monday night or Sunday night, I don't care. I just want to see a home primetime game. That's all I want to see. Uh, so that's New England. And my prediction is actually going to be three games, okay? So clearly it's going to be New England. The Thursday night game, I'm going to choose – Man, I would really hate for our Thursday night game to be against Tennessee, but the NFL hates the AFC South. So I'm going to say our Thursday night game is going to be against Tennessee. If it's not against Tennessee, I guarantee you it's going to be one of these division games. Uh, but which one? I'm going to say we are at home for the Thursday night against Tennessee since we were at uh, their place last year. Now our road. So two, Sunday- you have two at Lucas Oil? Yeah, two. Hey, that's bold. I like it. Hey, man, Carson Wentz. He's All got right. to draw something. Hey, he I like has it. To. Sounds good. He has to. So our road, road one, I am going to say I'm in between two teams. Only stay one because you're going to steal an answer yeah. from me. I'm in between two teams, and we've faced both of them last year but i am going to say we are on the road we are on the road in baltimore i'm gonna go with baltimore uh i guess you could call it the rivalry baltimore fans have a rivalry with us i don't i don't know no baltimore fans so they're not a rivalry to us but hey the um, promos that they'd be able to make 
for a Indianapolis at Baltimore, like Sunday night, Monday night game though, like they would be able to make a pretty dope video um, going into it. So remember Dave from uh, the Ravens show that, that we had before that game, we had him on and remember how fiery of a combo that was. That would hey, I'm in I'm in conversation with him. I remember him. I'm looking to have him back on when we have that uh game. But yeah, I'm gonna go with New England at home. Uh that'll be a Sunday night game, Tennessee at home, Thursday night game, and I'm going to have Baltimore as on the road as a Monday night game. Okay. I'm gonna go with three as well. I'm gonna go with three. We'll go with three like Mike, but I'm going to go completely different from Michael. The Thursday night game is going to be against Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's going to be the Thursday night game. We are going to be at home for that game. That is going to be a game at Lucas Oil Stadium. The second primetime game, we're going to be on the road at Buffalo. We're going to be at Buffalo. That is going to be a primetime game for sure, especially with the story of Buffalo eliminating us in the playoffs the previous season in the first round. You know, it's going to be the Josh Allen thing against Carson Wentz. We're going to get that. And my last primetime game is, this one is a shot in the dark. This is just me hoping. It's going to be at home, another at home Lucas Oil game against the L.A. Rams. Rams, I knew it. The the L.A. Rams, I'm going to be at that game. I don't care when it is. I'm going to find a way to be at that game. That is Oh, and you're going to get us on the field. Yeah, I was about to say, media (laughs) passes on the field. Yeah, definitely, definitely will be that. The Blue Stable will be fully represented. Hopefully, all three of us can make it. I I don't see a reason why we won't be able to. Once they release the schedule and we get these dates, so I'm going to coach three. It's Jacksonville, one against Buffalo, Buff, the Rams, and another one on the road against Buffalo. Okay. Quick thing. I am just speaking from experience. If you think the NFL will have their new darling on the road in a primetime game, you are crazy, okay? You are they, The NFL is not going to put Trevor Lawrence on primetime on the road I don't see that happening. I feel like the NFL but, loves Jacksonville but, more than us. But they're gonna, <laughs> but they're gonna have a good amount of primetime games. So Jacksonville gets more. Pro- oh, I'm gonna go crazy. They might. Do you, do you understand they how might. marketable they're gonna be? They could only win four games, but their owner is gonna make moolah. Oh, hey, Tim Tebow now. Tebow Tim just Tebow. got him an extra one. That's an extra game. That's an extra primetime game right there. Tim Tebow. Yeah, we'll, oh. have, we'll have to see if he actually makes the roster. Um, He's gonna make the roster. But I mean, for now, I mean they're they're. We think maybe he'll make the roster as a tight end. Uh, we'll see how he's been – if he's been uh, preparing in the booth uh, for these – for actual game-type uh, pressure. But, man, I mean, going last kind of sucks because you guys stole all the ones I wanted. Um, the, the Thursday night um, Jacksonville game was the one I was going to go with because the third – first of all, every team has to have a Thursday night football game because no one wants to play on it. So, therefore, everyone has to play on it. And – I think that is going to be the lone home game for the Colts primetime because – so I have three currently. I'm going to say three as well. Um, I only want to say two, but I I like some of these road matchups to the point that I'm going to say three 
but I'm going to say that the only home one, because I think you guys are being very optimistic with the uh-huh. fact, because we, I mean, we haven't had a primetime game at Lucas Oil since, uh, since we got destroyed against New England. Relax. Maybe. I mean, I remember being at the game when we lost to Ryan Fitzpatrick and the Jets. Um, oh. And that would have been a little while ago. Like, I mean, oh, it may have been Josh McCown as the quarterback for the Jets, actually. Um, in prime time. It, we lost, well, I mean, it was. Oh, oh, I promise you. I promise you we lost no, it. I was no, there. It was the Chuck Pagano era. Never mind. But I'm going to say that one of our three primetime games, it'll be on the road at Jacksonville. Um, I, I'm just going to say, because I think Trevor Lawrence will be very marketable. Um, and they're going to need a lot of help just to get Thursday night football, uh, the, the same ratings that they're getting somewhere elsewhere. Um, the other two that I'm going to go, um, so at Jacksonville, um, uh, I'm going to say at Buffalo. Um, I just, I think they're going to like that rematch type. I think Josh Allen is going to probably get a lot um, of primetime games after last season. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and say at Buffalo and the lone home game. I'm going to say at Rams. I like it. I got to speak it into existence now, now that we have Rashad here trying to get us on the field. Um, but I'm going to say at Rams, I mean, Matthew Stafford and Carson Wentz, two of the bigger, biggest names to switch teams this past year at quarterback. Um, I think you'll be able to market that well. I will say I didn't have the Ravens written down, written down beforehand, so I didn't steal it from Michael. Um, but I like the idea from Michael just because I really think the NFL could do a lot marketing-wise before that game with Indianapolis heading back to Baltimore, maybe play a video of Jim Irsay taking the team out um, of Baltimore in the – in the little uh, wagons that they had <laughs> going away, but <laughs> oh man, dude! But I'm gonna say I'm gonna say three, one at home because they, they we've just not had any here. Um, t- if we went from zero to two in one season, and it was the year I became a season ticket holder, you're welcome, Colts fans. That's all I can say. My biggest surprise is nobody picked Tampa Bay. So that last week, I don't think that they're announcing primetime games yet. I think they've already announced that they're going to like flex them as the season goes. Wait, so so is Temple? This still has to me. I, I haven't seen anything. Has this been confirmed? Is that week eighteen or is that just the seventeenth game added in? Because it's it, eighteen, yeah. it's the last week. Week oh, eighteen. I, no, Tampa Bay. If they're who we think they are, they're going to be sitting multiple people. Well, but th- I don't think they're going to announce primetime games for week eighteen yet. Like, I think they've already announced that they're going to wait and, like, flex the playoff implication games. Oh, well, yeah, that's why I'm saying. Like, Tampa Bay is going to be already set, in my opinion, unless drastic injuries are knocking on We wood. don't necessarily have to play them last, though, right? Yes. I, well, I, they're I, on I, the schedule, yeah. We yeah. No, I, no, I'm pretty no, sure No, I'm that, saying it's not set, though, right, that we I'm, have I'm, to play that game last? I'm pretty positive that all of those games are Week 18 that, 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 are, that were announced. We know – I could we be wrong. Yeah. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that the 18th, the, the week of 18 games um, that they've already announced are all week 18 in the 17th game. Because I know I they know. like to play the division game on the I last game like, of the season. Yeah, I feel like the NFL likes the concept of week 17 or 18 being between division rivals to figure right. out That's what I was the, thinking. the champion. But, but I think they're doing it week 18 because they 
otherwise they're going to have to like squeeze those games in elsewhere. So I'm guessing because I mean, the people who've been working on the schedules have been working on it since the end of last season. Like as soon as uh, probably been working on it as soon as the, the teams that were being played were locked in actually. Um, and so I I'm pretty sure. And uh, once the episode comes out, people can comment telling me if I'm an idiot. Um, but I'm pretty sure I've already seen elsewhere that that the, all those games are week 18. Oh, man, I don't know if I would like that because, I mean, that's not going to be the matchup we wanted. It, I mean, Tom Brady's going to sit, bear it. I like it. <laughs> I mean, I'll take, hey. They, I'll take that dub. <laughs> they, are, they are returning everybody, and they were a team that during the, during the regular season was very beatable. I mean, like let's let's not let's not start the narrative that this Bucks team is some juggernaut, okay? Like they won the Super Bowl. They did Bowl, get better they, as the season went along. Justin, I don't know, man. That offensive but, line, those but weapons, same, but the I, same issues were there. Like if if the Bucks played a team that had elite pass rush, first of all, the offensive line wasn't the greatest. They and those were, Washington. No, but I'm not saying just in the playoffs. Just go look at every game that Tom Brady struggled this year. It was against good pass rushes. I mean, just go th- look th- throughout the schedule. Like, those were his worst games, and he had some bad games last Well, year. right now, we don't have good pass rushers that we know of right now. What are you talking about? Quiddy Pay is the GOAT. Um, but I'm not speaking just us in general. I'm just saying I'm, I, I just don't want people – to go into this season looking at Tampa Bay as if they are some juggernaut. Um, I think they are definitely in the, in the list, like I said earlier, that I'm going to make a list of eight to 12 teams that I would put that I won't be surprised if they're in the Super Bowl. They'll be in that list for sure. And I'm not saying they shouldn't be one of the betting favorites. I mean, they just won the Super Bowl. But I just don't want to get in the mindset that this team has no holes. I mean, they had holes last year, and they're returning the same roster plus rookies. I mean, hey, your boy Joe Tryon, he's, hey, he's on that team now. Hey, I love Joe Tryon. We'll forever root for the dude. Um, maybe after Tom Brady retires, I'll be willing to buy his jersey. I refuse to buy a jersey that Brady plays for until after he's uh, exited stage right, though. <laughs> but when, when you look at this schedule, dude, these teams got better. Arizona got better. The Rams got better. Buffalo got better. I mean, even the Dolphins got better. They have. I mean, I mean some of the, some of those teams were saying got better off of just a year of together. Like Buffalo is going to be better because they have a year together. But like, I wouldn't say that they. But now they're adding talent off of it. I mean, Jacksonville on offense, they have a. Okay... Who did Who did Buffalo add that I'm not thinking about? Emmanuel Sanders, I know. Yeah, but I mean, is he adding much? I mean, Cole Beasley was just a all pro. They they're still not, have Cole Beasley, though, right? But, yeah, but they're going to play yeah. the same role. I don't think so. No, I they're think, not going to play the same role. Emmanuel Sanders is probably going to play maybe because he's versatile. He could probably play right. the, not the I X. I think he could play a number – I think he play on the outside. I think yeah, be, like he'll, he'll play the Z. He will not play the X. That's Stephon Diggs. Not uh, primarily. He, there's no way they will Emmanuel Sanders – there's no way at this stage of Emmanuel Sanders' career that he can primarily play the – I'm not saying he can't play out there no, sometimes. I'm not saying primary, no. But he he has to play the Y to be successful primarily. And, I mean, and Cole but Beasley hey, what's had what's wrong a, with the little depth? What's wrong with the little depth? I'm not saying that's an issue. I'm just saying, but basically, like, I don't see them both being out on the he field could play at the, the same he, time much. John, John Brown and Cole Beasley was on the field at the same time. Why you can't John, play the John Brown role? But John Brown didn't play most of the year. 
Because he's well, not he as good play. as Emmanuel Sanders. Well, he also got hurt. That's why That's he didn't true. play. But yeah, he would have yeah, He got hurt. He would have been on the field with Cole Beasley, though. But but John Brown, I mean, I don't know. John Brown is played a little bit more of the Z than than we've seen Emmanuel Sanders play. Emmanuel Sanders could play that role. If John I mean, Brown can play it, Emmanuel Sanders could play. Dude, but I mean, when you look at this schedule, I mean, Baltimore, that schedule is brutal, bro. Hey, <laughs> hey, there are teams Seattle, that have it. There are teams uh, that have it worse, man. Have you guys have you guys looked at Pittsburgh's schedule yet? No, I haven't. Looked. Oh, oh, guys, it's bad. Like, Oh, P- Pittsburgh, after having one of the worst season collapses of an 11-0 team ever, <laughs> let's just talk about what the NFL gave these people. Oh, my Jesus. I mean, they still won their division, so they're having to play all the division First winners. Yeah, so they're yeah. having to play all the division winners um, from last year, um, which I love that the NFL does that, by the way. Um, um, not everybody, obviously, has like, the same schedule type because a lot of these professional sports play everybody. Um, but – so next year the Steelers play at Baltimore at Buffalo at Cincinnati at Cleveland at Green Bay at Kansas City at Chargers at Minnesota versus Baltimore so at home so these are all at home after this. So Baltimore, Cincinnati, Cleveland of course. That was the road schedule? I mean all of those first ones. Yeah. So, yeah, so, like, the Baltimore, Buffalo, Cincinnati, Cleveland, Green Bay, Kansas City, Chargers, Minnesota. That's all, all on the road. All on the road. Jesus and then the home Christ. games, they have Baltimore, Cincinnati, Cleveland, of course. But then they have Denver, Vegas, the Bears, Detroit, Tennessee, and Seattle. Hey, dude, Jeez. Denver, man, I- I'll say it now. Denver is a sleeper, in my opinion. Not to I mean, the I, they were they were a sleeper. They were a sleeper for me last year, but – but the Denver early in the season and the Niners got hit hard with, with oh, COVID and injuries. Bad, man. Yeah, so like, Sutton and Von Miller. Well, I think Von Miller was before the season, right? Or no, it was during Cortland, the season. Cortland Sutton was before the season. It, oh, it was? I thought it was like week two or three. I'm pretty sure that yeah, I could be was. wrong, but I thought okay. Cortland Sutton got hurt in training camp. Okay. I, I own him in every fantasy league, and I remember wanting to cry. Oh, dude, I gave up my yeah, fantasy league, been. dude. Everyone in my fantasy leagues got hurt. There was no one else to drop. I mean, I wasn't about to go and get John Brown, who was injured as well. Like, man, I gave up. Yeah, I but, horrible, but, but if you're looking at our schedule and you're, and you're thinking it looks tough, just letting you guys know there are worse out there. Just read you off Pittsburgh. There's definitely worse than that. But every time I look at Pittsburgh, I just want to cry for them. Um, but, hey, but hey, guys, thanks so much for listening to The Blue Stable. Make sure you're checking out all the content on, at thebluestable.com. Check out our articles. We're trying to get out as fast as possible for you guys. Um, fantasy football is coming around the corner. We're going to have some fantasy football articles up on the site as well here soon. Uh, make sure you're following, liking, and subscribing to anywhere you're listening to podcasts or watching us on YouTube at The Blue Stable. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at the blue underscore stable. Um, my name's Destin Adams, and I'm and as always, Michael Terrazas, Rashad McGinnis. Thank you guys for listening to the Blue Stable.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.